using audio to sell audio and podcast upfronts. That's where we're talking about today on Sounds Profitable with me, Brian Barletta. This episode is sponsored by Claritas. Check out their recent The Marketing Insider podcast and learn how to use current trends such as industry-specific lift success and CPM comparisons in podcasting to increase advertiser adoption. You can find out more at claritas.com. I know that you're listening to Sounds Profitable because podcast ad tech is important to you, but it's important to me that you are kept up to date on the latest news from the entire podcast industry. To help with that, Here's what happened last week, no matter when you're listening, from James Cridlin at Pod News. Why aren't we selling audio with audio? That was the question we tried to answer with the Up Next, a podcast upfront. For those of you who don't know what an upfront is, I'll link the article about it in the description. The event went amazing. And in no small part, thanks to the help of Donnell Brown, she joined me to talk about what work went into the Up Next and her thoughts on the value the Up Next presented. Donnell, thank you so much for joining me today. It's my pleasure. I'm really excited to talk with you about the article Up Next, A Better Way to Buy Podcast Ads and More, uh, because you and your team are the whole reason that this happened. I mean... We started brainstorming on the idea of how we could collaborate together. We like threw out this offhand idea. In four weeks, we turned this around. We got, we got this live and it was really at large kind of like leading the charge saying like, yeah, we're in, we'll do it. And that that helped so many other people get the courage to, to participate. So thank you. Absolutely. You're welcome. It's pretty incredible. And we were very excited to be part of the brain trust, for lack of a better word, that kind of conceptualized this all. So it's very exciting. I have to give a lot of the credit to you, though, because you're just like this mastermind. Like, I think your wheels <laughs> are always spinning. You know, I, I worry about you, actually. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> lots of caffeine. Lots of I get plenty of exercise and sleep, uh, but That's the good. brain keeps spinning a lot of the time. That's good. I, I think that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah. So yeah, we were, we were very excited to be a part of it. And yeah, it was a good thing. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, like the at-large team has been so supportive since day one. I mean, your social media team shares every article and you do it in such a cool way. Like it means a lot to me because you take the article and you say like, here's an awesome opinion on how something works in the space and here's how we do it the best. And I love that. Like content creation is so hard. I encourage anyone who finds value in the Sounds Profitable content to do that. And so we've been working on ideas and, you know, the IAB upfronts were just about to come out and it's just... It's so interesting to me when they're just like, hey, we got a 20-minute presentation that requires a PowerPoint, and you need to be on a certain list to come listen to it or come see it to buy podcast audio. And so, you know, granted, my reach is definitely not as big as the IAB, but I thought it was a neat way to get everybody to kind of to flex and try that. And and you actually did the entire pitch for AdLarge. I did. did. Which is so so cool. First things first, I have to give 
credit to one of the women who works with me. Her name is Annie Hunt, and she does all of our social media on the podcast side. And she is so clever, so creative, such a resource. So I have to give her props. I have to give props where props are due. I'm big on that. So, I mean, I think she, like you said, she does do an excellent job at repurposing industry information and all that stuff and just making sure people stay informed about the beauty of all that is audio. So, Big props to her on that. As far as Up Next goes, yes, I was the voice behind the script, which was also penned um, predominantly by Annie. So toot toot to Annie again. That's awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it, it came together so quickly, but so nicely. You know, it, it really was almost seamless the way it all just kind of we we focused. We decided this is what we wanted to say, how we wanted to present ourselves to the industry at large. And then it just pen to paper and it just all came together. So it really was pretty cool. Yeah. Now, had you been on a lot of podcasts before then, or had you ever done like recorded audio presentations before? You know, no. So a little bit years ago, because I've always been in the audio space and I used to work for a company where we had a studio on site. And every now and again, someone would say, oh, we need a voice for a commercial. And so I maybe, let's say in my lifetime, maybe five times, I put my voice onto somebody's commercial, sat in a studio behind a microphone. But other than that, no. And so I think I was a little surprised at how well it came together too. You know, I went to um, a podcasting studio in Brooklyn and did it. And that was like two takes. And he was like, you're really good. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome. It's, it's fun when you realize that it's like organic talking in with, but like, I, I don't know. Like every time I get to listen to my own podcast and the work that Evo and Ian do to make it sound that much better, I'm just like, I'm just an idiot talking. And then you hear it and you get to hear it from the listener side. It's so neat that, you know, uh, I definitely see there's plenty of room and we should continue focusing on high production, amazing quality yes. podcasts. Yes. But everybody in the space should be experimenting with it, right? If you, I don't care if you're an ad ops or account manager all the way up to the CEO of a company. Like if you work in podcasting, get your voice on recording, right. figure out how right. it works on a technical side. Just try it, right? I don't care if you use Anchor from your phone, just have fun with it and have hands-on experience. Because it's exciting. Definitely. And if you, you can relate to it as the content that you're selling even more so, that's, that's just nothing like it. That does make a lot of sense. I think most people won't engage in that way, but, but it does yeah. make sense. It does make sense. Now, you know, the, the main focus here, like I, I didn't think that I would get a ton of people to listen to it. I mean, we at the time of this recording, we're a little over a month since it launched, actually a little under. Um, we're we're at about 250 total signups, which is really cool, right? Sounds Profitable is about 3,200 people on the list. Mm-hmm. We have Pod News shared it, almost 20,000 people, and a few other places shared it. But it's like really specific. It's like, hey, if you're a brand or advertiser or would like to hear how people pitch to brands or advertisers, check this out. So not a huge number, but, but for what it is and how qualified it is, it, it was pretty cool. My main focus really was how do we encourage people to sell podcasting through audio? And my question to you is, do you think that this will stick? Like, do you think this was a cool way to reinforce the idea that like, hey, maybe a sales deck could be accompanied with an audio file? You know, when we first started, had the brainstorming session, we thought it was amazing genius idea. And I still, <laughs> I still do feel that way, but I do think that there are some challenges. I think that 
people, you, yeah. you have to just keep reinforcing it to people that it makes sense. And it makes sense in more ways than you can even imagine, right? But I think people are so used to just opening up their computer and reading something, you know, and yep. and unless they're really, because unfortunately, I think you find a lot of times that people are in the business of selling audio, but they might not be audio fans themselves. They're just in the business yeah. of selling it, you know? So you have those hurdles, I think, to go over as well. I definitely think it's something that we should continue doing. I definitely, I think that there's value to it. I think that the more that we continue to put it in people's faces, the more they'll realize, oh, this makes sense. And I can just do this while I'm, you know, sitting, cooking dinner one night, you know, the same way you listen yeah. to a podcast is how you can get this information and not have it take up that much of your day or your time. And that was, I mean, that was my focus. I, I never think that it's going to replace the typical sales sheet or anything like that, or the pitch. And, and I definitely think there's tons of value. I mean, when you're pitching someone, it is audio, right? You're talking to them, right. you know, um, even a reliance on the, on the visuals isn't a bad thing. And, and that's the thing, like the greater advertising ecosystem does these things. They have certain paths that work. They do it in certain ways. You have a sales sheet, you have a sales deck. Uh, it's why programmatic and people buy through trade desk and other things so well, because there's very clear paths for how things operate and are efficient. And sometimes the people that you're buying or selling from don't have the time to expand, but podcasting, what I've liked about it is that there are hands-on requirements of podcasting. And every time that we lean into those and highlight how unique they are to the people, I feel like it's easier to get an advertiser excited about podcasting, right? Right, right. If you, Yes, if you're showing them exactly in the same way, this is the medium I want you to be in, and I'm presenting it to you in that medium. It's like, it all should click, Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Because I mean, I, I guess you can't put together like a sales deck that's all banner ads right. <laughs> or, or, or like streaming video. Right. I mean, I guess you could do streaming video. That's what we do anyways for presentations. But yeah, it's, uh, you know, I don't think it's ever going to take over anything, but I, I love the idea of us exploring. But you, you, you really never know because the greatest of things, like at some point, podcast movement, let's just use as a as an example, at some point there were 50 people that attended. Now look, you're at thousands, you know, you can't, it's sometimes you launch and there's just, it explodes at launch and other times it just has to build up and build up and build up, you know? Yeah, no, it's neat. And I'm excited to do it again. I mean, we were talking about how we're going to figure out the right time to do it. I do. I got some great feedback that I, there was a lot of fatigue from buyers because they Mm -hmm. get peppered with the upfronts, not only the podcast ones, but all the other ones. So finding something new and trying that in the same week where they felt they could get similar content you know, kind of bit me in the butt. I, yeah, I yeah. might've been a little bit too big for my britches and hope that I could ride on those coattails right. a little bit, but I think we thought we were being ingenious. We'll do it the same way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we have the advantage now that this stays there and it's live for everyone. And we still see a few people trickling in every day and I'm excited for the refresh. You touched on something really cool with, with podcast movement. And, and I think that the growth of these things are important, but using audio as ways to present your brand is really interesting. One of the one of the ideas that I had had, and we talked about a little bit, was like a world where you go to a conference and instead of everybody wasting the first 10 minutes of them talking, giving you their value prop, there's a QR code and you can listen to it anytime. We start things at 200 level, right? There's so many clever things we can do with audio to present yeah. who we are and really like claim our space. Right. Yeah, that's actually really smart. I, I like <laughs> I like that notion. Whether it can actually come, I think we're ways off before getting to that point. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I like that a lot. And so, you know, I, what I liked about working with you guys is you wanted to try things outside the box. I mean, that's not easy. Uh, you know, you're you're a good size company. You have plenty of great representation. You're doing very well. Yeah. You, you also, uh, everyone I've interacted with there is, you know, a strong, intelligent woman too, which right. is super cool. Yeah. So like, I, I got to give you tons of props for the fact that you're willing to step outside the box constantly. I, I think because, you know, we're still probably by a lot of entities considered on the smaller side. I think we're able or more so willing to take those risks where when you get to these more, um, for lack of a better word, corporate feeling or corporate settings, it's just, this is what it is. And this is how it gets done. And because we are, you know, more tight knit, we're willing to step out a little bit more. And we're also always very eager to position ourselves as leaders in the space and, and as always providing our clients with new ways of consuming information and new ways and just being thought leaders in the space. That's always our goal to always make sure that they have all the information absolutely available to them to do their jobs and do their jobs well. So Whenever we see an opportunity to do something that's different or that's going to help to move those kind of pillars forward, we're eager to jump on it. Yeah. What would you say to companies in the, like the similar size to you that are, that are struggling with carving out the time or the resources to allow people to be thought leaders, right? Like I, I think Sounds Profitable has succeeded a, a lot in part because there's not enough companies that say like, Hey, yeah, you know, um, on Fridays, make sure you're well-educated on the space and write an internal email about what's going on. And that's, it's been great to thrive like that. But I mean, at large, if you follow your social media, it feels like maybe 10% of what you put out is like buy from at large. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's very much thought leader stuff. Yeah. Was it difficult to establish that and make that a comfortable culture instead of pulling those people away to other tasks? And like how, what type of guidance would you give to other companies to encourage them to to take that risk? That's a really great question. I don't think it was difficult. I, I think that's really always been the culture of at large. You know, we have grown exponentially over the last few years in um, the podcast space, and we every with each growth opportunity, we embrace it. Like we don't run from it, and we make sure that we kind of arm the staff of at large appropriately. Like as we grow, we need to make sure that we're continuing to nurture internally the things that we need to get done for our staff to keep everybody happy and engaged and enthused and not burnt out. Like we, we talk about that all the time. We want to make sure that people are taking their time off when they need time off so that you're not running yourself ragged because it can get crazy. Like the business, the business is moving, moving, moving all the time, just all the time. There's something. What I would say to, so I can't really answer for Adlash because I feel like that's always been just who we are. Like it's always, that's cool. we've always been kind of nimble and, you know, think fast on our feet and, you know, kind of making sure that we're all good at the same time. Um, as far as other companies, I'm not really sure that I, <laughs> that I have any good advice. I, I don't, I don't really know. I think you need to make the part of it is making sure you have the right people in place, you know, 
one of the things that, that people say to me all the time, like, even when it's crazy, they're like, you never seem flustered. I'm like, it's just not my style. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I can have a lot of things going on up here, but outwardly I'm good. And I just manage things as they come to me. I'm not, I'm never going to make myself crazy. I had an old boss that said one time, we're not saving lives and we're not, <laughs> like, we're, yeah. we're selling yeah. audio. So if you're making yourself crazy, then. Mm. <laughs> oh, what did you say? In your recording, you said something like, and we're available 24-7. Just kidding. We're not. Like, you made it. And that was so good. It's such a fun tongue-in-cheek thing. Like, I absolutely remember early in my career. I mean, heck, Brian Moffat from NPR, if you're actually listening to this, you can remember fondly 4 a.m. sending me messages and I had my laptop under my pillow when I was like in my early 20s because of ad tech and podcasting. And it was, uh, or not pocket, uh, just ad tech and, and mobile in general. Right. And you just, you get wrapped up in it. And it's not a bad thing, especially as things get larger. But like when you set those boundaries yeah. as a company, you do lose some clients because some people want that thing. But it's, but you you can make up for it in the fact that you, you're established as yourself. Right. And, you know, it's, that's awesome that it's so ingrained into the, um, the DNA of at large, because I've absolutely worked with people who like, there was an amazing product manager I worked with who was hired specifically for innovation. And I was just like, wow, what a progressive idea of hiring someone to think about the future. And it was, I don't think we hit six months before he was doing menial product management work just because we needed to get things done. Right. My biggest advice to everybody is just resist the urge to repurpose people to fit 40 plus hours a week. If you hire somebody to think ahead, do thought leadership stuff, you you can't flood them. You have to give them that time, yeah. right? Because you're going to lose them as an employee or like you're going to lose that value you brought them for. Right. Because that guy who was an innovation for product, fantastic, super highly paid because innovation is like a big deal. And right. when he, you're paying him for a product manager, that's not a great, it's not a great value chain. <laughs> so... It's tough. Yeah. It's tough, but there's there's such value in it. You got do you guys send out internal emails like weekly or monthly to, about like updates about the space oh, absolutely. or about Absolutely, yeah. all the time. And then we have our own newsletter. I don't, I, do you subscribe to our newsletter? I definitely do. Oh, I was about to say, like, hello. No. <laughs> um, so we also have that. But yeah, absolutely. We have an internal emails, but always. And we, if, if it's not an email, it's a regularly occurring meeting just to say, this is what's going on in the space. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. And, and, you know, if you don't need to be in that meeting, then you don't come to that meeting. But if you do need to, if you have questions about this particular topic, then you're in the meeting. So yeah, we definitely do that. I love that because that like, honestly, like I love what I'm doing with sounds profitable, but if I woke up tomorrow and every single person that I work with or everybody who reads it was just like, you know what, we got to hire someone internally to do this ourselves. And then I just became irrelevant, I I would be sad. Yeah. I'd have a lot of explaining to do to my wife, yeah. but I would, I would like uh, some part of me would be really happy that I affected that change because that's the important part. Like when you work at a company, the, the same way what we're doing with the up next, we're trying to excite these people mm -hmm. about this medium and audio. Like, yeah, maybe you work in podcasting and it's just a job. Maybe you work in advertising and you don't care about it, but if it's not in front of you, if you don't get to celebrate those victories, a sales win, a new publisher joins the platform, right. some unique award or anything, press about it, right. or just general education about the space, you're not 
giving your employees the on-ramp to care about it and be passionate about it right. and make it more than a job, make yeah. it a passion. You're not giving them the tools, so, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's that's so exciting to hear that you guys prioritize that. Oh, absolutely. We have to. <laughs> yeah. Look, it was so awesome having you on here and I'm really excited. You know, uh, we I haven't said anything publicly about the, the wrap-up of uh, Up Next, but one thing that's really important to me is that Ad Large will absolutely be hand in hand with me as we continue to grow what this is. And I'm excited because this was just the first attempt. We had 14 seasons and I think we're going to have even more when we give people more than four weeks to make me an audio file. Well, this has been super (laughs) exciting for us. We are so grateful to be part of this collaboration with you. It was very well done, very well put together. Thank you. We are excited. So thank you. And thank you so much for having me on Up Next um, Absolutely. And I'm going to do a preemptive shout out to Annie for all the time. She's definitely going to share this podcast. That's for right. us. <laughs> well, we'll definitely have you back on soon. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And stick around for some special bonus content at the end of the episode. I've teamed up with Terra to give you a minute-long strategic thought that is guaranteed to shift your perspective on the present and future of podcasting as we all work to make podcasting better. Thanks to Donnell Brown for coming on to help expand on my article, Up Next, a podcast upfront. If you liked what you heard and want to connect, you can find me, Brian Barletta, on LinkedIn, way less formally on Twitter as High 5 RPG. And of course, you can email me at brian at soundsprofitable.com, spelled either way. The most important part about Sounds Profitable is providing you with more resources and making sure that I can answer your questions. So check out the link to Yappa in the episode description and leave me a message. And with your permission, I'll answer it live on the show. The Sounds Profitable podcast and all the cool ad tech bells and whistles you've experienced were thanks to our host and sponsor, Wooshka. Everything you've heard since the conversation ended was uniquely created to target you using their dynamic ad insertion features. If any of the callouts were wrong, let us know. The Sounds Profitable podcast would not be possible without the help and support of Evo Terra, James Cridlin, and Ian Powell. Thank you all for your help and support.